guess what's not dead? Catching foxes! <laughs> Hi, Luke. How are you? Good. Do you remember when you yelled at me on Twitter? Yes. I, I was oh, waiting. Felt so good. I was waiting. So you, you, I thought, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, this might be the end of old Catching Foxes. <laughs> I thought the same thing, too. <laughs> I was like, should we end like this? Should we just go out just like screaming at each other? <laughs> no, I'm, I never go back and forth on Twitter. I only make my comment and then I peace out. Yeah, and you didn't understand. <laughs> huh? And I peaced I out. I know. You did. You did. And I was like, oh, I'm going to tear him a new asshole. Um, <laughs> my asshole, so- by the way, is just fine. <laughs> uh, before we start, we should say we have a sponsor. Thank you to the Steubenville Conferences for sponsoring this show. Hopefully, it's not your last time sponsoring. Uh, go to the conferences, everyone. We'll do an ad. Oh, um, later. We have some bullet points in email that I haven't pulled up. Um. <laughs> so, if you would also like to have an ad on Catching Foxes with our professional top notch yeah. sexiness, we're here. Hit for us you. up. Oh, man. Hit us up. Luke, uh, can I tell you a funny ADHD story, real quick? I mean, Yes, yes. Let's interrupt the thing about how we almost like got into a real fight on Twitter in front of people. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Instead, great. Let's go to your ADHD story. Yay! <laughs> so I, I was asked to be on Late Night Levity, which is a podcast where they want to style it like a uh, like a like the Tonight Show, and I was the guest. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided uh, my office was filled with crap because I had my kids' stuff, my boys' furniture in here, and honestly, I've been working like twelve-hour days trying to write this stupid book. And uh, I'm sitting here, and I, I, I was listening to um, an interesting YouTube video, and then I was like, you know, this is going to be a video podcast. I should probably clean my office. And then one hour before the pod, or 45 minutes before the pod, <laughs> I decide, oh, you know, I should totally rearrange the interior <laughs> of my office. So I, like, yeah. I took sound deadening carpet and nailed it into the wall. I moved shelves. I rearranged furniture. Then it's like two minutes, one minute. I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> why aren't I stopping and changing? Why am I the way that I am? Hey, sorry about the echo really quick. I, I, because uh, things, It's not coming through on my different. end. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Ah, that was yeah, so, so that I, was my oh ADHD. Gosh, that is, uh, I don't think people understand the inability to control that is so real. Yeah, there's literally there was a YouTube video where this guy picks up the phone and he goes, "Hey man, uh, sorry I'm going to do this on such late notice, but I'm coming over in like 30, 45 minutes." And he's like, "Oh, okay, great. See you then." And he hangs up the phone. Then he quickly starts cleaning his whole house. And then like an hour and a half goes by, and he calls his friend. He's like, "Hey man, I thought you said you're coming over in 45 minutes." And he goes, "What are you talking about? Of course not." He goes, what do you mean, of course not? He goes, you told me to call you once a month to tell you I was coming over unannounced so that you would quickly panic clean your entire house. He's like, ah, all right. And I'm like, there's a part where my life feels a little bit like memento where it's like (laughs) I forget. And then it's like, oh, you're running the scam on me again. Damn it. Oh, you. Christopher Uh. Nolan, you. So don't worry, everyone. We're fine. Okay. My favorite part about our Twitter argument was that, like, we – maybe less than a week before had one of the best hearts to heart that we've had in a long time. I mean, truly like a healing ex- experience, a clearing of the air that not like things were bad, but just, it was, you know, bring, I'm bringing up stuff from, you know, three years ago. We're, we're, we're talking about like real, you know, like good, holy things. And then the next interaction and we're screaming at each other. <laughs> well, for the record, I wasn't screaming. I mean, I yeah, mean, but you, yeah, but I was just severely annoyed. Severely, yeah, there's yeah. a difference. I wasn't screaming. I'm a grown up, <laughs> and then it was fine. And then I ignored it, and I ignored you, and now uh, <laughs> eight days later, we're recording. It's fine. <laughs> there are, you know, as an adult, you realize there are certain things that <laughs> how you're feeling that day, whatever. It's just not worth continuing. Mm-hmm. It's not. Not mm-hmm. all fights are worth getting in, and. uh and uh, this was definitely one of them. Wouldn't it be like, you know, it was funny. I, I too was like, man, is this it? Like, am, am I just not? Like, why do I do this? Like, why do I? And then when I called you, uh, was it yesterday? Yeah. I was going to bring yeah. I can't remember if I brought it up or not. But then I think I just forgot about it because we were just talking. It was fine. And so. Plus, uh, I was sick as a dog. Yeah. Oh, it's true. So, are you, are you feeling better? So, I'm 100% better. I Good. think. I think it had something to do with two things. You know when you go to your parents' house for... I think people still want us to hash out this thing before. Oh, okay, fine. We'll hash it out. But you know when you go to your parents' house for Christmas 
you walk into your elderly parents' house, and then one of your elderly parents says, I have the flu. <laughs> and I'm like, I have small children. I have myself. I have a job where I travel. I don't need to get the flu. <laughs> like, why are you telling me you have the flu, which could take a person out for like a week? <laughs> so I got, uh, I, I was perfectly fine. Then two of my kids started puking, not feeling Ugh. well. And I'm like, uh, and then I didn't feel well. But I think mine was more related to the fact that I did something stupid. Um, so our bathroom got a leak or has that mm-hmm. pan, uh, what yeah. wall tiles fell off. And so I started demoing. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos first. So and I'm an fine. expert. Yeah. Yeah. But I started demoing the bathroom and I didn't wear respiratory things. And I honestly, I was like, Oh, that'll, I'll need it when I rip off the drywall, not the backer board. But, uh, then I walked into my, you know, it's one of those things like it's so gradual you don't even Narrator, notice. He was wrong. I walked into my bedroom, which is in the, it's a master bedroom, and I put my finger and I went like that on my nightstand, and then with I traced my finger down, and there was so much dust, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's been in my lungs." <laughs> like, oh, I think that I think that's why I woke up with a screaming headache and coughing, and that's so, so funny. I know so I'm an funny. idiot, but the good news is it's when okay. I realized how dusty it was. I stopped. I had the vent fan going the whole time. I had a fresh air fan bringing in fresh air, but I stopped doing what I was doing. I was like, I'll get the rest later. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, also, so, manual labor, kind of difficult. Yeah, I know, right? There's a reason why it's very well paid now. Um, so back to the original point. Uh, no, that's actually, uh, I, I can't remember if I was sick or not when I, when I did that, but I, I got really sick. Everly brought a stomach bike home, and I was actually in the hospital oh, right. for a bit. I don't know if I, I went to the no. ER. I was so dehydrated. Yeah, I was so de- I dropped Everly off at daycare. I was like, I can't keep anything down without getting sick. Like I was basically drinking like a teaspoon or so of water because anything over that I would get sick every 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 five minutes. And then so I fun. basically was up till three in the morning on Friday doing grad school work, and then Everly got sick on Saturday night. And then I got sick on Monday. So I'm like sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. And so my body's trying to sleep, but then I can't drink. I can't drink if I'm doing that. So I'm, I would like severely, I mean, severely dehydrate. So I ended up going to the, to the ER. Dang. And I was like, help me. I can't move. <laughs> so um, what do they do? So they just gave me an IV and, and some medicine and just like. Do you go to the just, ER for that or you go to like an urgent care? I, I went to the ER because I was thinking about going to urgent care, but I, I couldn't remember if they did IVs or not. And I was feeling so bad and I had to pick up Everly at like four or five that um, I was like, I, I'm just, I just, I know for a fact I'll get it. And I like, I have insurance f- f- still for right now. So I was like, let me. Clock um, is ticking. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Right. So I, uh, um, so I was like, this is, I'm just going to make like a judgment call. This might not be worth it, but like, I'm, sev- like, I'm not okay. Like yeah. I, I just knew that I was severely dehydrated. Like that was, you know, I could tell by when I used the restroom, all, all the signs of like, oh, okay, this is getting from like, man, I need to, to, you know, and I tried to, I thought I was feeling better. So I tried to drink some more and then I ended up vomiting a bunch again. So they were like, yeah, no, 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 no. Just one teaspoon every five minutes. I was like, okay. So it took me probably. I wasn't better till I would say Friday. Like, I mean, I was better by Wednesday afternoon. I was feeling I could, I had more, way more energy. And this is all relative, but like actually like 100% back, back to normal. It's like nothing happened. Not till Friday. And you still had to drive her to and from daycare during all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Ooh, uh. Yep. There's yep. nothing like being that sick and then having to get in a car and be responsible for humans and oh, <laughs> like it, coughing it, while you're clicking just, them in the car. Oh my gosh. I was just, I mean, Poor Everly. I, I was not the, like, the most patient person with her over a couple of days, but I was like, I'm just, and it's funny because she was, you know, she got sick, but she was better by the next day. Yeah. You know, I think she had uh, puked twice and then was fine. Stupid. Oh, sorry. Was, like, <laughs> and they were like, no, no, it's much worse for adults when you guys get it. I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's good to know. Yeah. So I remember being just like on the hospital bed, just like, just like curled up, just like trying to sleep. And they just let me sleep and put an IV and we're like, just take as long as, you know, whatever you need. I was like, you okay, baby. You okay, yeah. baby. I was like, oh my gosh. So somewhere in between all that is when that <laughs> happened. And I, and I'm so, it's me saying, I'm sorry. I should have just said, well, that's not what I'm talking. So we don't need to go into it because I don't want to throw the person under the bus the way I really do. Um, I, uh, I like. I think you were arguing it. I, I understand the point that you were trying to, to make, and I wasn't really. That wasn't the point that I was trying to argue. But I was like, you know what? I'm. And so, anyways, it's me saying I'm sorry. I <laughs> I love you. I'm glad we. But I was legit. Like, man, 
can we should we is this just not worth it <laughs> so was i luke so was i <laughs> within like two minutes of talking i was like well we're fine yeah right <laughs> yes <laughs> you know it's funny like uh this priest sent me an email and is like i hope you and luke uh are uh it's not the actual end of the show and i was like what and it was the the show you did with katie and uh, I was like, end of the show. And then I listened to it, and Katie's, and you're like, I'm not saying this is the end of the show, but. And then Katie's like, No, you're just you're just processing things out loud. No one's going to hold you to that. And I was like, It's looking enough for the end of the show, All right? So that kind of was like hanging over my head this whole time. Yeah. Until we had our wonderful well, conversation, and we did, and we did, and we had a very like. <laughs> I just love that. I love the fact that we follow up our wonderful conversation with an online fight where <laughs> that we don't talk for a few days. Yeah. We're like a weird married couple. This is odd. <laughs> I kind of know what bands mean now when they're like, you know, like you're just stuck together and it's kind of like a family. Like, you know, and sometimes you just kind of like argue and you need a bit of space and then you're fine. There's this there's this uh, YouTube fail video where this lady is filming deer in her backyard and it's very beautiful. It's like snow and some deer like eating deer feed or whatever. What. And then the husband sneezes, and the deer hear it, and they get spooked, and they run away. And she goes, oh, darn! And he goes, what? I can't sneeze now! You just hear them yelling in the background. I thought, oh, that's like me and Luke. <laughs> that, that, oh, that oh, I oh, I get it. Now I can't sneeze. I can't sneeze now? Fine. No, I can't say weird things to a cat to a Catholic speaker that I don't know. Okay, I guess I just won't. <laughs> I guess I just won't comment anymore. Um. I'm, so before we – I want to get – well, there's one part. Um, sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once, and I can't do that. And now for a brief message from the sponsor of this show. Steubenville conferences are where teens go to experience a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. They will have three days of amazing speakers like Gomer, everyone's favorite Gomi Pops. I shouldn't have said that out loud. Uh, three, amazing, three days of amazing speakers – Opportunities for powerful worship, adoration, holy mass, confession with hundreds of other teens. You don't go to confession with hundreds of teens. I mean, like you stand in a line near them, but you don't all, it's not like a group confession. Uh, let me tell you, my favorite thing as a speaker there, I've been doing this, I've been a speaker, I think for seven years now. My first year, it was me, Father Mike Schmitz, and Jackie and Bobby Angel is fantastic. Had a blast. Uh, the fascinating, oh, and Katie, praise John McGrady. Um, Super fascinating because you get to see kids who are excited to go to confession and they're in high school. So there are dates throughout the summer in locations across the country. I know one of mine will be Steubenville, Rochester, so that's going to be cool. These conferences have been running literally for decades. That's where Luke's mom and dad met each other. Tens of thousands of Catholics across the United States will tell you their life completely changed when they first encountered Christ at a Steubenville conference. I love the Steubenville conferences because behind the scenes, us speakers do more praying and fasting and talking through and planning and all of this stuff. It's a it's a powerful group event that it's it's a dynamic that's unlike any of the other conferences I've ever done. So click the link to learn more about the Steubenville Youth Conferences. It's going to be awesome. Right now, they're running a giveaway for two free youth conference tickets. So whether you're a parent and you want to take your son or daughter and a friend or the youth leader who wants to jumpstart your fundraising, click the link to enter your chance to win. And this is only for the January episodes of Catching Foxes. Fancy special, our thanks to the Steubenville Youth Conferences where you can encounter Christ in three days. Beautiful. Special thanks to the Steubenville Youth Conferences and the amazing program they put on. So excited for the Steubenville Conferences. Oh, so ex- No, actually, I am very excited for the. I, I think um, – <laughs> now we're just doing the ad at, at, at Hulk, I guess. No, yeah, I, I no. will say uh, – I'll, pro- I'll probably write this up, but, you know, those are a big – I mean, there's a good argument that I do not exist without those on conferences. So, yeah. big fan because that's how my parents met. Big, big fan. Um, so <laughs> – this, uh, this is your this is your 1985 or 1955 moment exactly uh, do parents <laughs> my, <laughs> my hands are like fade away 1971 was it when she went to the 70, conference 76 i don't remember yeah i just, like I just yeah. imagine you doing a back to the future thing and there's like some <laughs> some bully named uh i don't know john paul biff or something for some reason i'm playing johnny be good <laughs> all right this is a new song stopping if you've heard it and then you're like on you stay you take away the sense of all and then someone's off to the side and he's like yo matt mar <laughs> you know that new sound you're looking for church music this is it <laughs>
<laughs> Somehow he says gray hair at the age of five. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, doesn't he have some disease or something? I forget. The old silver fox. I don't. He. I'm sure he does. Uh, either that or you experience acute trauma. There was a That's whole Saturday Night Live called, like, the Silver Foxes show or something. It was Mike Myers. And they're like, I got my uh, – when did you get your silver? He's like, oh, yeah, I've been born with my silver. Oh, I died my – I love silver. And then it comes to this couple, and they're, like, trembling, holding on to things. Like, we were in a plane crash last year. We lost all of our friends and family. And they're like, oh, oh, oh no. Like, our hair went white from the trauma. And they're like, oh, oh no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> It was a good oh, classic. Oh, man, that's good. great. Um, and I think so of Matt Marr every time. No, wouldn't that be funny if that was told to us somehow, like, in confidence, and we just told everyone? Um, yeah. So, anyways, I want to wait to bring up one point that we talked about because cool. it will. It's part of my list. But I thought it would be fun to talk about. And, you know, everyone's always like, oh, 2023, what a horrible year. And it was. But instead of, like, doing a re- reflection on the year, I thought, hey, let's talk about things we're excited for for 2024. Because when you good people are hearing this in the future, 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 uh, it'll be 2024. <laughs> Delaware. Yes. Hi. Delaware. I'm in Delaware. All right, anyways, uh, <laughs> I wanted to say another joke, but I was like, mm, the the conferences are sponsoring us, so I'll hold, I'll hold back just a little bit. Yeah, um, pay for that. Yeah, I thought we talked about three things we're excited for in 2024. I don't know what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say. There could be some overlap, but let's not worry about that. I Actually, I highly doubt it. Um, <laughs> so yeah. do you want, should one, should we put a timer on this? Uh, we can put a timer and just have it be a suggestion. Huh? How about that? Okay, okay. Do you have the timer, or should I get the old? Uh, well, I have timer a timer. Thing. Event speaker timer light. That is what it is called. So we're going to do ten minutes, and starting. Now. I think we should do five minutes because there that would be six, and that's thirty minutes, and we're already fifteen minutes in. Or we can okay. do ten. Okay, we no. are going to do how many minutes? I mean, why don't we do like um seven minutes? Seven minutes in heaven. Yeah, is that there... way. Seven minutes in heaven. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Because um, that'd be that'd be a what like seven times six is. That sounds good. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> what are you most excited about for twenty twenty four? All right, I'll start. Um, I'm done with grad school in July twenty twenty four. I walk in May. I'm done in July. I'm super excited. I feel like I have learned a lot. I'm very excited for the future and how, and how this has helped me and how this will help help me. I'm ex- the community that I have built, the community that I hopefully will be able to continue to build through the alumni, through the Notre Dame alumni network and whatnot. I'm very, very excited to be done. I'm very excited for my field project, which, which was approved. I'm going to be doing a um, podcast. Uh, it'll be about 45 minutes or so in length about uh, is about trying to use nonprofit best practices of the service of a Catholic nonprofit that does uh, that does ministry through a Nouvelle theology lens, or if it comes from a place that's rooted in in Nouvelle theology. So, super excited about that. What the, what that could look like. Um, I got a four in the fall, which was extremely difficult. I took two courses. It was the hardest of my life for sure. Not even yeah, close. it killed you. I mean, you were crushing it though. Yeah, I mean, we. I would text you, be like, I can't do anything. I'm working on this till what, what, one day. Didn't you like work on something till like four in the morning, and then you had to get up at like five yeah. thirty? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I was writing. You know, I I did a directed a reading in an econ course, and I was, I basically had to like, um, yeah, I was reading two completely different um things, and I had to write a paper on both, and so it was just a lot of like, hey, here, here's this big thing. Now do it again for this other thing. You know, yeah, kind of stuff. So super excited to be done with that. I'm excited about what it could mean for me and the, the future. I feel like this has been such a great experience. I am ready for it to be done. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just that's my first thing that I'm pumped for in 2024. Lukey, you look tired. You should do some sniffy. Seriously, and I'll be honest, I'm excited for the for the weekend when I when I, I walk. I'm not going to be done, but I will be walking because my mom and my sisters will be coming out for that when is that uh may the weekend of like may 17th it's a saturday do it do it do it we're gonna get an airbnb okay so i was like wait a second we're gonna get it we could do an awesome catchy foxes live show (laughs) if I didn't already have something on that day. <laughs> a weekend where everyone is doing other things, and I just want to be celebrating. <laughs> Somehow we turned it into a show. Yeah. Uh, no, it's but beautiful. it's going to 
No, but like we're gonna get an Airbnb. She can come. Like my commencement thing is at like nine in the morning, so we'll be done and spend the rest of the day. Probably gonna get a babysitter for Everly, or hopefully my mom will maybe go home early and we'll watch her. Um, and uh, we didn't talk about that when we were going over during during uh, when me and my mom were at lunch last week. But anyways, uh, it was quietly implied like, hey, maybe someone go home and watch Everly. Well, me and Christina and Emily go out with all my friends. Mm-hmm. No, but um, it'll be crazy. It'll be fun. I'm excited to celebrate. And I'm excited for this chapter of my life to be over with. Yeah. And, and it, you know, with, with like, with, you know, and to I. To be achieved. Yes. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. I will walk away with uh, just profound gratitude and thanks. And I feel like just in a much better spot than I was in before, professionally speaking. <laughs> <laughs> so what will, for those just tuning in, you will have an executive MBA in. No, I'll have an executive own master's in nonprofit administration through the University of um, of like Notre Dame's uh, 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 the Mendoza College of Business. I was wrong. Blank. Okay. The, like, was like, the Mendoza College of Business at Mendoza. Notre Dame. Yeah, so I'm super. Just, it's been a wonderful experience. Ready, ready to, ready to put it to use. Ready to milk that alumni association. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, for um, reasons we'll get into later. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you're done? You're good? Is that it? That's it. Uh, you That's got it. Yeah, 4.0 that... so far. You're going to be walking in May. Mm-hmm. You'll be finishing in June. Uh, okay, cool. That's awesome. So that's, yeah. that's well, I, I don't have a 4.0 as a whole. I, have, I got a 4.0 last, the last during time. the hardest um, semester yeah. of my life. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. I was listening to. Oh, let me just end here. I was I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about uh, Scorsese's uh, Flowers of the Killer Moon. Yeah. I was like, why haven't I seen that? And then I remembered <laughs> I multiple times had to make the choice to do schoolwork and to go and to go and watch it, and just to remind myself, this is a sacrifice you are making by not going to see this film while it's you know in theaters. Yeah, which is you know I'm so heroic. <laughs> Luke, you have emptied yourself. A truly canonic experience. It's beautiful. Exactly. It's beautiful. All yeah. Right. Uh, all right. That was good. That was five minutes, Luke. That wasn't even seven. I feel, I feel like five minutes is okay. Enough. Okay. What do you think? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, here we go. We'll we got an ad film minutes. there. We're set to five minutes. Start. Here we go. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the things I am super excited for coming up in 2024 is to be done with this damn book. Um, so I've been writing a book for inclusion for the prison ministry that I do. It's like a year and a half in the making. We decided to add complexity by adding videos to it. And the videos just take so much longer because – so if you don't know this, prison ministries, uh, prison work, a lot of Christians who are non-Catholic are present there. And they view Catholicism as a pagan cult that's worse than paganism because it is a parody of Christianity. So what we, we end up coming in at such a deficit. So when someone like me walks in with a theology background and all this stuff, I work with the Protestant chaplains and stuff like that who are the the, the inmate guys. Um, I can't remember what they call them. But I work with them because they're like, hey, I got these theology questions. And so all these Protestants are – and the Orthodox Jews, they're all like my best friends. But you don't have that in every, in every prison because a lot of times it's just, you know, volunteers. There's almost no clergy in 110 Texas prisons. There's like three clergy. Now there's more because of the Colby Prison Ministries and other things like that, but it's pretty brutal. And so the big thing is apologetics, like just getting Christians who are non-Catholic to accept Catholics as Christians is basically what this work is going to be. And so um, I have to write it in such a way that it's around a sixth to eighth grade reading level. Some of the men that I work with, they, they have, they're great readers like that that's not a problem but for a general pop kind of audience you need general pop is like it means general population if you're in the know and uh just kidding and uh celly means your cellmate and one time i said in your celly thinking it meant your jail cell and then i said whoops misspoke there because i meant to be inside your cellmate so that was gross uh so don't ever try to talk prison slang in front of prisoners um so i've been working on this and i have been writing rewriting and re 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 rewriting like individual chapters over and over again. So I finished my first chapter called what is a Protestant. And Hmm. so that is supposed to go through. I I honestly think it is as good a job as I can do to be the best introduction I have read to the different groups and branches of Protestantism. Okay. And so the idea is to communicate 
the complexity within Protestantism that there is not a thing called Protestantism. Because a lot of Catholics do that. When we talk about Catholics and Protestants, we oversimplify by just saying Protestant. Yeah. And so yeah. in my work in the prison, there's a lot of Lutherans. There's a lot of Baptists. Majority are Baptists or non-denom, and, but most Baptists. And, uh, but the funny thing is, when you start to go through it, you begin to see where the divisions happen, like historically, and how they actually manifest in the prison. And That's so what I'm trying to – it's super fascinating. So there's a, there's a wonderful YouTube channel called Ready to Harvest. The guy is a Baptist, but he does not like, as neutrally as possible. And he goes through the history of, like, all these different uh, Christian denominations and all this stuff. And, I mean, I honestly – I had a whole section just on what is a Baptist. And it was like three pages long. And so I got rid of that. I got rid of stuff. But like cutting back and redoing things. So basically what I do is I go through the fact that you can't just call people Protestants generally. There's different categories of Protestants. Pentecostals don't necessarily consider themselves Protestant, even though they have adopted a lot of their beliefs. Um, so you just go through it. And so that, that took me about two solid weeks, maybe three solid weeks. So then I started, what is a Catholic? And uh, that's a lot easier question to answer. But then explaining what Catholicism is in certain ways, but not in other ways. Like, I want to immediately talk about the Pope and the bishops and the this and the that. And he's like, you can't do that. And then I say, well, there are diversity of vocations. And I'm like, oh, crap. Now i got to explain what a religious order is. I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> just talking yeah. about these things is to set it up. And then I'm going into, okay, so this is what the Catholic Church teaches about the Catholic Church. Now let's go through these areas of division and we're going to go right into Sola Scriptura. So that's been like my big stepping stones, and I've revised and revised. So I am looking forward to having that done, having that out there, having that in people's hands, having that, especially in, in people who are inmates who are questioning their own, whether or not they should stay Catholic. So, Cool. I think it's great. I'm really, I'm really excited for that to come out. I think that's really cool. The thing that I've discovered is the beautiful symmetry of Catholicism and Judaism so the answer is, mm-hmm. so I want to have a, 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 the third, fourth chapter to be called, where's that in the Bible? It's in the union of old and new. So if I can state that out the gate and get people to understand that, then when I talk about the papacy and Mary and the Eucharist, they can see these great unions of old and new. That's yeah. the goal. Cool. That, dude, I'm very excited. Is there like a certain date you want to be done by? Oh, last week. Um, but I think probably realistically, maybe the third week, of, second week of January, if I keep this pace up. So so how many pages have you written so far? About how many words I think might be a better way to think of it. I've written about 10,000 words. And my goal is about 24,000 words. What, what does it typically equal to in terms of like a book or something? That's like a, like a normal book from Ascension Press. So what I did was I took a popular I don't know book. What that is. Uh, <laughs> Ascension, um, like uh, I mean, or like a it's... like a dynamic Catholic book. Right? Okay, something okay. that you can okay. just pick up and read. It's not a feel relatively fast read. It's, it's not going to be a huge, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to burden people with jargon, but I need to introduce the jargon, like magisterium and all that stuff. So yeah, it's complicated. But I can tell you what I have uh, rekindled my hatred for the state and condition of the church today. When you read through paul and john's ecclesiology and you're like we're doing none of this every time jesus talks about the kingdom and then you read that and you're like oh gosh what the church is in a sad state can you give an example well okay so um for instance when paul is writing to the bishop timothy in first timothy chapter three he says he who desires the office of bishop desires a noble task so when you hear that right number one the bishop is an office it's not just uh, you know whatever that an office means it endures many people officers occupying it and then it's a noble task. And then I'm like, we've really chipped away at the nobility of that. And then he goes on and describes what a bishop's character should be. And you can definitely get the feeling that um, the more the church tends to be bureaucratic and self-referential, the more she promotes yes men who are not wave makers. But when you look at St. Paul and you actually read through the things that he says, the fights that he gets in and the things that he does – it's like, no, the, the bishop should be getting in fights all the time with his people because so many people are – it is so hard to stay Catholic that everyone wants to water down the things that can't and distort and cause dissensions over and over and over again that uh, he – the bishop has to be the one to, to right that ship. And so often you, that, that becomes the role of the priest more than the bishop, and it's just it, – it becomes – 
or it becomes the role of a bishop doing it on Twitter rather than within his own diocese. Yeah. Like, that's my argument against Strickland. Like, uh, I don't know all the things that Strickland said, but my problem with Strickland was, why, why are you doing this on social media? Do it, just do it in your own kingdom. Like, you have this thing that you occupy. Do it there. The greatest thing that a bishop yeah. can do is have care and concern for his own diocese. So, and, and that's what you see in St. Paul over and over again. So, that's interesting. That's, uh, I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. And studying I Judaism. I love Judaism so much. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Anytime that you, you talk about it and how it, it, how it how it's ties to Catholicism, or I, probably a better way to say it would be Catholicism's ties to yeah. Judaism, it's really fascinating. Oh. And it, it actually does help you understand what's going on. Like, yeah, why like, there was this thing called the bread of the presence that was in front of the tabernacle. And when pilgrims would come, there were so many hundreds of thousands of pilgrims that they couldn't all go into the temple. So the high priest would come out with the show bread, also known as the bread of the presence, and he would hold it up and the people would bow their heads and he would elevate the bread. And then he would say, behold the face of God. Right now I'm like, this is a freaking adoration. All yeah. you need is Matt Maher and you got a Stumaville Youth Conference. <laughs> Circling back. My number two is the yes. Copa America 2024. Uh, the Copa America is coming to the United States. So, Gomer, not, not sure if you are aware of this, but the uh, World Cup's going to be here in 2026. It's a very, very big deal. It'll be a 48-team tournament this time. An increase 48-team tournament. Mm-hmm. It'll be held. Two-thirds of the games will be in the United States. Uh, the other third will be split between Canada and Mexico. I believe the majority are in Mexico, uh, but it's a th- it will span three countries. Uh, I am super, super I- I- excited for that. One of the uh, bad. So th- there's a lot of things. There's a lot of craziness going on in um, soccer right now. Without getting too into the weeds, I want to. And if you have questions, I will answer them. <laughs> but um, there is, you know, things. Everything now has to grow, right? You have to get um, bigger and bigger and and bigger so with that in mind uh and then also it keep in mind that any team that is going to be playing in let me turn up my games a little bit because i feel like i'm a little bit low how's that does that Good, sound better better okay better, there better. we go okay so was, part of that was was the game or whatever um my apologies to the audience um is that if you host a world cup you don't have to qualify well that actually means then like your team isn't able to get competitive games you may not have as sharp of an edge and so mm-hmm. teams that are going to be hosting tend to try to do anything they can to get competitive games building up to to the world cup and due to other things such as now uh, all of the european teams they play each other on they play each other on more because they have another tournament now that goes on throughout the year to it's a whole thing so they and when, when you when you factor in the, the fact that the u.s doesn't have a lot of competitive games and then the need for growth to compete uh as the european teams are growing in popularity and having to play each other um more and more you're seeing things like uh south so south america has a tournament called the copa america it's 10 teams they're all very very good teams for them i mean like eight out of ten are just like some of the best in the world um and so they're going to be playing this tournament in the United States over the summer of 2024 to give the U.S. competitive games and to probably they'll start doing it where every four years, they'll be, I would imagine, they'll have a thing between North and South America because they do Copa America every two years. So I'm really excited. It's going to be held here in the U.S. It starts on June 20th. It's going to be very important for the United States to do well in this tournament. I think anything but an appearance in the final is not a failure, but um, they need to beat a big team and they need to go as far as they can. And I'd say the... If they made the semifinals, if they make the semifinals without beating a really good team and they get blown out, it you know, is a failure. If they are able to eke their way into into the final and maybe they barely beat a big team, that's a huge win. Or if they 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 they, they have to hang. Let me put it this way. They they have to hang during this tournament. They have to look good. And if they don't, uh we have major, major problems. I think the coach should probably be let go and that's probably not gonna happen. It's a whole thing. Um so I'm um, super excited about it. It's going to be very fun. I really encourage all you guys. I mean, I'll be talking about more as we build up to it, but it's going to be, these are, it is, this is a fun tournament because these South American teams take this very seriously. I mean, this was the first um, trophy 
big trophy that Messi won, I believe, with uh, his um, national team. And it was like, and you could see it meant the world to him. Because when he, there was a fear that he wasn't ever going to win anything. And he's actually in tears when they held this in the U.S. in 2016. Because he lost in the final there. And was just like, he actually retired because he was so devastated from the international game after that. So it was a whole thing. And so this is a very, very big deal. Uh, This is the biggest tournament to be in the United States since the 1994 World Cup. Um, I... I'm just so, so excited. It's going to be an absolute blast. I'll be in grad school during part of it, which is a bit of a bummer, but I will also only be taking um, both of the courses I'll be taking will be one and a half credits each for one week. So I'll, I'll have time to watch them at night and stuff if I, if I'm a somewhat disciplined. So super excited for Copa America 2024. So I, uh, I while you were talking, I went and looked up the Copa thing mm-hmm. and uh, it, very difficult to find the website. You can get to the Wikipedia page faster than you can the actual Copa America, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I looked up, okay, Houston. They're going to be playing in Houston in July. Cheapest tickets, $882. Is that, is the U.S. playing out in Houston or who is it? Uh, Don't even, uh, quarter. It's probably Mexico. Doesn't, which would make sense. Are they the big? Yes, they're the biggest. Um, they're they're the, I mean, they're, they play all of their friendlies in the U.S. Because just think about how many um, Mexican, how many um, Mexican Americans there are. Mexico, Mexico versus Jamaica. Yeah, that's going to be. I mean, just think of yeah. That's they they play all their games for, for the most part. That um, that's one reason why it's in the U.S. is they're just going to make tons and tons of money off of it. What is Concacaf five? Con- Concacaf is that there's a team from Concacaf which is our region that hasn't qualified yet. We qualified oh, okay. based upon our, our performance in some games that really weren't that great. So everyone's really nervous uh, with with the head coach and what's going on, but. Um, uh, the United States is going to be – their group, so they have to play every team in their group, and they will advance based upon how well they do. We play um, – uh, we are in a green group C with uh, Uruguay, Panama, and Bolivia. Yeah, we play Uruguay on July 1st mm-hmm. in Kansas City, Missouri, and the U.S. Pl- – I saw another U.S. one. Bolivia in Arlington, Texas on July mm-hmm. 23rd. That's not June bad. June 23rd. I said, what did I say? July. Yeah, June. That's not bad. When do you graduate? Uh, I, I am done. So when does it start? Like they start like early, like late June is when. So I'll be going from like late June to like early to mid July. Like basically that's like June 20s. I'm something. So I'm, I'm actually starting. A, they're starting everything a week later this year than they have in the past. So gotcha. I was hoping to be done by by July. But it's it's fine. It'll be fun. Um, super excited about it. It'll be a very fun tournament. It'll be a very exciting tournament. I really encourage, again, I'll be, I'll be sure I'll be talking about it, but yeah. For the final game in Miami gardens, Florida, it's $1,700 for the cheapest ticket. Wow. Yeah. It's a, this is a very, very, I mean, in South America, this tournament is a It's probably, I would imagine the biggest soccer tournament in South America. It was funny. I, I moved to my thing and I go, Oh no, there's a ticket ticket for $1,400. Oh no, that's $14,000. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it, I mean, just you have, to, it, you have to think about how many South people from uh, South oh, oh, yeah. America or people here who have roots in um, in um, South America. This is a very like people. It's one of the things. It doesn't really annoy me. It's 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 not a big deal. But when people act like the Super Bowl is the biggest television event in the world, where it's like it's in the bottom half of the top ten. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cricket. You know, destroys cricket everything. destroy. Yeah. And so when you take a look at like what. I mean, these teams will come and play. They'll, you know, have like friendlies here in the U.S. and they will sell out NFL size stadiums instantly. And so it's a, it's just, it's going to be so. And like these things are really fun because you get a feel for all the different cultures. And it's best when you're going out to a bar, or you're, or you're meeting people from different countries. You have all these people from across South, South. I mean, let's just be honest, across the world who will be coming in for this tournament. If you get a chance to go to a game or just be in a city where there, where there is a game, go to a bar. It's just, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So. Copa America 2024 cannot wait. FIFA World Cup, the Olympic Games, 24 Hour of Le Mans, the Super Bowl, and the Grand National. Those are the top five most watched things. Okay, so it is in the top five. All right, there you go. Man, Cricket World Cup has fallen to 11. No, really? Wow. Yeah, 162 million viewers. I guess now because American football is gaining massive popularity in Europe. That's yeah, it's true. Well, and, and that's why, like, you know, 
it's it's interesting because you're seeing a lot of these sports now or these competitions are not necessarily pitting themselves against each other as much as it is other sports. Yeah. So it's um it's really it's I don't know it's it's both horrible because what you're seeing is the just you know the just the destruction of the localized teams and events. The trade-off is you're seeing some really cool things happen as well, like Copa America. I think you're going to start seeing um, other things happen in, in um, soccer that will be fun. I don't know. It's, it's, there, are, there are some pros to this, but there are also a tremendous amount of cons. And one of the biggest is just the destruction of um, local culture, which is what's happening. It's, it's just it's a reflection of what's happening in the culture as a whole yeah. uh, across the world. Yeah. So. All right, my wah, thing. Wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. My thing. Um, uh, this is actually something that's starting in uh, two days. One day. One day. Tomorrow night. I'm flying to St. Louis, land of my in-laws, uh, to go to the Seek conference. Oh, you're going to be at Seek? I'm doing it with Ascension Press. Thanks uh, for telling me. Well, I did tell you. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I really don't in think In November, you... Thanksgiving. Are you sure? Yeah. I have zero memory of this. Maybe uh, you probably, did. Okay. Maybe yeah, you, you did. Okay. Studying. You were doing your thing. Okay. But... Sorry. Sorry. I'm no, a crappy it's okay. friend. It's okay. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm going f- with Ascension Press, and I have to work their booth, which... That'll be fun. Me be the center of attention. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you'll love that. Yes. Uh, so I'll work their booth Tuesday. Then Tuesday night, it's dinner with the Ascension Press members. Ooh. So it'll be like Michael Gormley. Jeff Caven, some guy named Father Mike Schmitz, you know, like stuff like that. So that'll be fun. And then uh, Wednesday night, they're doing a, I'm doing a, the Jeff Caven show because, you know, they have the podcast booth. Yeah. So we'll be doing a show. And then Thursday, I'm the MC of the Ascension Presents panel. Oh, great. So like, you're so good. Oh, you're going to be great at that. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. So I, I I was coming up with all these ideas for them, and I was they were like, we want to make a movie where like you know you come in and do something funny, like we'll do this cool like thing with you being late to it and running from your hotel room, and then we'll show it, and then you come running into the thing. And I said, I go guys, I have a better idea. I'm running out of my hotel room, and I and all the people that I run by are the different panelists, but they're dressed up as like. Uh, you know, uh, Jeff Cavins is dressed up like a bellboy, a bellhop from the hotel. Wait, He's have, like, Mister, have you, know. you already filmed this? No, 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 no. What I think you should do, I think this would be really, really funny and would be like a meta on like a, on like a whole lot of levels. And this would be impossible right, right now. You like, if there was a way that if I was like walking down, down these, these, these street, you go out of your way to shove me out of the way <laughs> and then you go to what you're doing. <laughs> And you know, no, it would be better. Ground. <laughs> it would be awesome if I just had some, uh, you know, college student do that, wearing a "God is not an American" T-shirt <laughs> or a soccer T-shirt, and I shove him. But then we just take a picture of your face and map it to it. You know how like it's yeah, like the memes. Yeah. You know, I, I, if you can, awesome. I mean, I, I know like only six people would get it, but it would be yeah. really fun. Like just to go out of your way to shove me out of the way. Well, my <laughs> other idea was. That then I run outside. I'm like, I'm late. I'm late. Ah, it's too far away. And then I get a rickshaw. You know those rickshaws mm-hmm. that they use for mm-hmm. downtown events. And Father Mike Schmitz is dressed up like a, a Chinese rickshaw <laughs> man. And they were like, when I was pitching this idea, they're like, no, no. And I was like, no, no, no. It's funny. It's funny. Trust it's me. funny because it's wrong. The kids will and love it. And then when he drops me, I'll be like, oh, sir, a tip, please. <laughs> Tipping is not just a city in China. You know, something like that, which is a quote from the X-Men movies. No, I'm just kidding. So I said all that, and they were like, no, no, we're not going to do that. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not done. And then I run if There's in. a way you can alienate yourself from Gen Z. This is it, and I'm <laughs> loving it. <laughs> so I go through, like, this whole thing, and then she just types in the chat because we were doing a video call. She goes, these, while fun, these are not helpful. <laughs> and I said, I beg to differ. Creativity must be unleashed in order for truth to come out. But all of those That's ideas great. were rejected, not by us, but by Focus, because uh, the Seek conference, in order to have AV, we had to request it like, <laughs> like six months ago, so we can't do any of this. Oh, no. Is it so oh. You're not gonna do, oh, man. Oh, so it's just me. Just me talking. Enjoying oh, people. that's awesome. What if you just had like a thing of my face by there and you just went out of your way to like throw <laughs> I just want to find a way for me to have a presence. That Get a cardboard cutout. That's what we need. Be clear that I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> 
Luke is not here. Yeah. So uh, I'm super excited about that. One, because... Yeah, you should be. Uh, yeah. Uh, I get to talk with some of the people that I haven't been able to be face-to-face with for a long time, like Father Mike Schmitz and Dr. Shree. I've, I met him last year at the Sumville Adult Conference that I was at, um, plugged to the Sumville Conferences. But we, it's not like we're... I'm not friends with him. We didn't get to sit down and chit-chat. He came on EKSB for um it was really funny they he basically he scheduled it too close to this focus event because he's super involved with focus and he was doing their spirituality retreat thing and he Mm -hmm. had just written a book for ascension press on prayer it's actually a beautiful series on like they're like he's like around a cc he's talking about christian prayer the different forms of christian prayer i know some people get a little annoyed where they're like oh yay another five-week series but this one is just i just think it's if you need anything there, he has a prayer book that, like, to teach people the basics of prayer, which I find a lot of Catholics don't know. Anywho, so I was interviewing him, and he goes, hey, do you know how long this is going to be? And I'm like, I'm getting the sense that you got to go soon. And he goes, I- I'm supposed to give a talk in 40 minutes. And I was like, we'll keep it to 25. And we finished in 25 minutes. So he was like, oh, my gosh, this was great. Thank you. I got to go back. So hopefully I will have still impressed him that he will remember that six months later and be my friend nice. in January. So, Oh, man. Yeah, seek, so... Is, seek is fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, th- that'll be cool. Well... Uh, I'm going to have to choose my words, not, I mean, not carefully here, but, uh, I'm super know excited what this is about. <laughs> for Spoke Street to be running the podcast booth that you're going to be at, except I won't be working there anymore. Uh, oh no, so... Luke. <laughs> <laughs> so Ugh. I'm, yeah. I, I, oh my gosh. I just felt my mic go, okay. Is it good? Yeah. All right, is. man. That is so good luck editing this man. Um, I, I, Man, this is not like hard to talk about, but I'm trying to make sure I don't, I don't want to come across as being uber like negative or anything. So, I will. Um, I there I can't say what's happening with Spoke Street yet, but I can't say that uh, it's going on to other like other things. And I'm super excited for what they're going to be to be doing. I'm super excited for the people that are going to be involved. I'm super excited for what Kyle and uh, like Miriam are going to be Kyle Kyle Hyman and Miriam Schmidt. They're going to be doing. Uh, with that people that I've gotten to know very, very well, as well as other people who are on these, these spokes street team. But one of the unfortunate parts of that is that uh, there's not a role for a person to rate, to raise money. And so I, uh, my last day was a couple, about a week ago or so. So I am officially unemployed, which is scary, but also like there's stuff. Yeah, but there's stuff in the fire. I'm not too worried about. It. There's stuff. There's stuff in the fire. Like I'm not. You know, I've got an interview next next week, and I have a phone call with a group that I'm extremely excited about. Um, so just informational. Just chat with one of their um v- VPs, but it'll be huge. Uh, so it's it's been a really. I mean, it's been a terrible twenty months. Um, this past eight months have been also just very difficult with things that work with, with stuff that happened. I'm going to really be careful because I don't, I do not want to throw anyone, uh, anyone under the bus. Um, and you know, I leave with, uh, with, um, nothing but good relationships, uh, with, with the people on the board and you know, all that stuff. So it's just, it's just, this is what has to happen. And this happens, you know, this is just part of life. Things change things, you know, you know, I've never been part of anything quite like this, but this is a thing that does happen. Acquisitions are like Ellen burgers. It's, it's not exactly what's, what's uh, um, happening, but so I, I want to be clear. And I, I, I wish I could, I could say more, but, um, Probably at Seek is when they're going to start. It'll be way. It'll. I don't. I mean, no one's. There's not like an announcement to be made. But imagine at Seek is when they'd be okay with it being public. So I want to um, just be careful here. But I won't be there. I'm not involved with with Spoke Street anymore. I'm very blessed and grateful for the experience. Very very blessed. Incredibly grateful. Um, and through conversations with you, with other people, in, um, in my life, um, about my mom, Uncle Wade. Uh, different people who just are uh, whose opinions I really value. Like I'm decided to not work for a Catholic or organization <laughs> for the near and, and the just take a break. <laughs> yeah. So we, we had oh sweet, sweet breaks. Yeah. That was a part of our really good talk we had before we got to a fight. Um, yeah. Was that have been on my mind, but I had, and I had been like, you know, like something's like, I think something needed to get either the show and I'm going to need it to stop. Because it's like, I want to be blunt, like with everything with with the divorce, with everything that has happened, I've been like, should I keep doing this? Is this a scandal? I, I consulted multiple people about this, was very honest about like what, about like everything and uh, was very encouraged. Just no, just keep doing the show. Just don't be an idiot. Yeah. 
And um, you've been incredibly great. I will be forever be grateful. So I can't be too mad at you. Um, and, uh, but you know, you, I think you even brought that up like unprovoked by me and uh, we had yeah. talked about it, but yeah. you said like, I think you need a break. If you just don't be working for a, you do not need to work for a Catholic group. Yeah. Um, you know, and I had a, I don't want to say heartbreaking ex- experience, but there was a thing that had come up that I was really excited about. It seemed very promising and it didn't work out. And I was like, what the, what? I was just, I mean, just like, just yeah. flabbergasted. And, and it's okay. Like, it's and like, you know, a l- l- little bit of space. There, there's like the ego, the pride, but then there's just like, w- like, why, 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 why? Like, so it just came out of the blue, you know, not a thing that I was, uh, that I was, that I was like, looking for per, per, per se, but I think the Lord is really just, calling me to a period of rest from this i don't know if it's a sabbatical i don't i don't think it's i, I imagine it probably wouldn't be permanent and throughout my career but i think for the foreseeable future the, at least the next five five to um, seven years uh i'm done and i'm almost viewing my field project as like kind of like a this sounds really douchey and i'm well aware of that it's like almost like a <laughs> gift just like hey here's my like parting thoughts that's incredibly <laughs> egotistical um but Ego like, Catholic Church, Luke says you're welcome. Well, but you know, like I, I'm, I, yeah. you know, like like one of the things that I think you hear coming out of my conversation with Katie last last month is it's like something has to change. I can't keep doing this, mm-hmm. and I think this is it. Yeah, yeah. I think um, this is it, and you know, and I, I think I'm going to for the most part like stop with the hot takes, stop with the com, you know, like we're not talking at all about fiduciary or whatever it's called, um, because I don't know what to say. And I don't think I need to be the one to uh, to, to talk about it. Um, and I, I'm more interested in like, and, and I, I don't want to diminish the impact of this on the Christian experience of people's everyday lives. I'm not trying to, you know, say that. But like going forward, I think the show is going to be a little bit more practical. Won't be as uh, a little bit. We're gonna have we're, you know we're gonna do some stuff where we're, we're gonna have more guests. More, I think it's gonna be more about just like whatever. I mean, it's, it's always been this to like a certain extent. I think I have felt an obligation, or not an obligation, but like to talk about things going on in the church because like I'm, I'm putting up like a bookshelf right now, and and eighty percent of the books are like church books. Yeah, and it's just been my world, and I think I think it it's time for it to not be my world. Now I'm not saying like yeah. the church. I just mean. I'm working I'm, for the I'm church. Working for yeah, the people church. people do not understand when you see how the sausage gets made. Um, it's one of those things where, like, when I was at at St. Anthony's, um, I I worked with some super incredible people that I would crawl over glass for and still would. Um, but then when you you realize like certain decisions get made in weird ways and you have conflicts with clergy and then they're up on the altar, it kind of breaks your continuity with mass. And I tell this to people all the time that are like too few Franciscan students who are theology majors and probably applies to Ave and Benedictine and all that stuff. Too few of them who want to go into youth ministry or, you know, um, be a high school teacher or whatever is every bad actor or bad action can taint your faith, can taint Catholicism. Even though people are crappy anywhere, one of the things you find is with these small enterprises called parishes or Catholic schools, um, there's because it always feels like a mom-and-pop thing, it mm-hmm. always feels like you're just below professionalism. And so people say and do people with power say and do things and get away with murder. People who don't have power often feel run over um, because they can be. And there's very little checks and balances when it comes to the typical like parish life, like uh, promising people, hey, in six months, if you continue doing the same job or better, you're going to get a raise of this amount of money. Then six, eight, nine months go by, and the timid employee brings it up, and it's like, "Well, I just don't think you've demonstrated." It's like, "But I haven't done anything wrong. I've done the same thing that's always been asked of me, and you said that I would get this right." Yeah, but I'm just not really seeing an enthusiasm, or you know, like weird mm-hmm. crap like that that would often not happen in the corporate world because there's layers of oversight. And now, obviously, it still happens in small, smaller operations, but size matters and changes dynamics of things and. Um, when you, when, when you experience it with the church, it's not just your job is on the line or whatever. It's also in a very real way, your faith. And it's so easy to get jaded 
with the things at work. And then you sit down at mass on Sunday and you're still carrying these things with you. So I tell people all the time, like, uh, you need to discern working for the church every bit as much as you're trying to figure out what career you want to do. Like those are two separate. Yeah. Cause, cause it's the default for so many people like, Oh, I'm a good Catholic. I love it. Why not mm-hmm. use my skills and gifts to yeah. bless the church? Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, maybe do that when you're 65 and you don't really give a shit and you have years of experience under you that you can bring to bear for a small salary and you don't really care because you're already retired. That's well, a different, you know. And, and to be honest, like a lot of the people that do that, they're the ones that I actually that tend to have not necessarily the biggest programs or stuff going on in the ministry, but some of the by far the most authentic mm-hmm. and who are actually really doing some of the things that like they don't need to make weird trade-offs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they yeah. just, I mean, like, like they just don't like, I mean, I mean, I'll just be blunt. Like the people that tend to be volunteers or tend to be retired are the ones who have, who um, have youth ministry programs that I, this is not backed up by data. So I don't know if I should even say it, but like they're my personal, op, my personal observation has been that those are the ones that tend to have the most kids with special needs who are involved, people from diverse backgrounds, because they don't like, yeah, I'll just deal with it. Yeah. You know, like, as opposed to a person like, I don't know what to do. How do I, you know, like um, handle this? And they don't really, yeah. it's not that they don't want to do it, but they're not going to actively try to engage with that. Yeah. There's a former Where, special forces and uh PhD awesome guy that has <laughs> run a middle school youth ministry. And uh, at St. Anthony's, and I had beers with him the other day, just asking how it's going and stuff. And he goes, "Oh, it's great, e- easiest job of my life." Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, it's like funny. it's like when when Chris Miller yeah. went to law school. They say first year of law school is killer because you're just reading so much and all this stuff. But Miller had just come out of like three and a half years in an Air Force base doing hazmat drills where he's on a 115 degree tarmac in a full hazmat suit for 16 hours in a row, and yeah. uh, he's like. Yeah, no, I'll take a library for 12 hours uh, that's air-conditioned. Oh, I got a weed books? He's like, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's well, funny what perspective gives you. Yeah, and, and like, I'll, I'll, I'll end by, you know, uh, by saying this. Me, I'm d- deciding to leave. Like, I mean, t- to be blunt, like, I've worked for the church since 2008 for the most part. <laughs> like, I would, I mean, you yeah. know, like, I've been at... Will you consider Porch Rocking Records working for the church? No, no. Okay. Well, but I, I okay. would say there's, like, no, but, like, Okay, I will. I would say this: there's an element of the faith involved with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then it was, that was definitely a part of it. I was definitely around doing stuff. And yeah. 2008, I started working at at St. Bernard's out in Eureka. That's a Catholic high school. So there's, oh, yeah. you know, like there's yeah. like I've been, you know, not necessarily parish or a diocesan where there is like a ministry thing, but I've been doing something with regards to the faith for the bulk of my career. And I went to the ministry side, kicking and screaming. I mean, that was just clearly the Lord being like, I believe I told the story before, but like I prayed a novena on the very next day about like, what's next? The very next day I got a call asking me to, you know, interview. And and it was clearly it's God was calling me to that. Was that in Denver? Yeah. That's why I was in Denver. And then I now, um, I, I believe this is the Lord calling me to it, but more as like, a. It, it sounds kind of weird. I don't feel like God is like, you must leave a ministry right now. You must leave. I feel like, but what's actually going on is that he's like, hey, it's time. You can walk through this door if, if you want to. Yeah. I, I feel very free in this choice as opposed to before it was kicking and, and screaming going into it. This is a, it, it is a, it, it is an invitation to be done if I want. And I'm like, I think it is. I think that's okay. I, I About think that time. time. I do. Yeah. I do agree. I do. I do. And, you know, uh, I stepped away from parish ministry working for that man as you and um, traveling around and doing this stuff. And obviously I still do stuff at parishes, but it's a it's a totally different experience. And that's what I, I, I tell the people, like there are a lot of nonprofits that do worthy stuff. Like one of my favorite. Actually, I was just speaking to her last night, Christine, who's the CEO of the Montgomery County Food Bank, which is a government NGO, maybe non-governmental entity. I don't know. Whatever. It's it's not a religious thing. And she's yeah, like, I that, bring my Christian values as CEO, and I let them all know that. And she's yeah. awesome. But her, like, they're those things. Even though they're not explicitly Catholic, like they're good for the common good. They're good for the culture. Oh yeah. And absolutely. they need. It's like what you talk about with donors, right? Like the the this organization represents something that deserves to be funded. And uh, the Montgomery County Women's Shelter, it's another, like, near and dear um, 
thing in our in, in our lives because so many St. Anthony's women are on the board of the Montgomery County Women's Shelter that were friends of mine. And they would tell me the stories of like how they saved people's lives, you know, doing this. And, um, you know, one of my former assistants, she trained to be uh, the person that goes that accompanies a domestic violence victim from the hospital to the facility where the apartment complex where she's going to live because mm-hmm. they're terrified. They have to talk to cops. They have to do all this stuff. And it's like. I'm not your counselor. I'm not your counsel. I'm just an advocate for you. Yeah. And I'm just someone that you can cry on my shoulder if you need to. And like, how beautiful is that? And I think of like all the time, like there are so many good nonprofits that complement the church's mission, but that also are not tied to your Catholic faith because yeah, you lose yeah. your job. It's different than losing your faith. And when you lose your faith, it's it, a lot of things go with it. So I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I'll just add like, after I said I was going to add another thing, and you had a beautiful, beautiful ending there. Um, it's funny. Like I remember when we first started the podcast, we really, I really didn't want it to be about ministry stuff, and you kept talking about stuff yeah. in ministry. And I was like, "This is the last thing I want to, um, I want to um, talk about." And we really didn't kind of like. Just, I, I don't think I fully accepted it till like probably around the time of of um, twenty eighteen with the McCarrick stuff. Yeah. When I was like, well, this is just so bad that I have to now. Like, right. And so I have to just make it about this. And I, I'm i excited from the podcast standpoint to maybe like, not necessarily not talk. I mean, it'll be the same thing. But I'm just excited to explore other things yeah. or talk about others, uh, uh, like other things. So I just feel like for me, there's, I've just, I have said everything that I want to say. There is nothing more to be said <laughs> for me. And so. I am done. Check mark. Well, and, and I don't like hold it against like other yeah. people that are, just, you know, still doing stuff or because like they are doing whatever they want to, like, that's probably what it just doesn't give me a life the same way that, um, I don't know. It just, it's, it's not, I don't, I don't feel, um, the need to like constantly engage with stuff about the church. I just don't. Yeah. Nor should you, nor should you. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I got my thing, my last thing, my, here uh, we go. My thingy, my bopper. Yeah. What am I excited about? This one, the third one was actually a lot harder for me to do. And I was really thinking about it. And I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. I already kind of introed it. I am excited that me and my wife with my buddy, Thomas Yeager, and possibly my buddy, Jeff Koch, if I can guilt him into it. Um, just kidding. But uh, I think we're going <laughs> to, this is going to sound so stupid, but I am most excited about doing the physical labor around remodeling my master bathroom. <laughs> and I say this because it'll finally prove the point that YouTube in my life is a net gain. Because we'll be saving tens of thousands of dollars. So, uh, wait, hold on a second. Yeah, who who are you doing it with? So Thomas Yeager, who's a home builder. Okay, who does what? Builds homes. And how long has uh, 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 Yeager been doing very like manly cons, cons, construction stuff? Uh, uh, like ten years. So, and he's been like, is this really coming from YouTube, or is it just like now you have someone who's actually helping you, and you're gonna feel good? Okay, well, well, let me show you this point. Okay, so Yeager has been sending me YouTube videos. Hey, in order for you to understand what we're talking about, watch this video. And you know what I reply? Already have. Right? <laughs> so he say, he's like, this is the best video I can see on this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I watched it last week. Catch up. See if you can stay up with me, baby. So uh, there's a lot <laughs> of... Really, and then, come in with knowledge and experience. A, of a course he is. It. It's going to be beautiful. But he has never done tile work. And mm-hmm. I have never even looked at tile work as a and thing. And I've still got hammered three times. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, more than that, now that I have uh, the black lung from uh, all breathing and all that stuff. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was at uh, Home Depot earlier because I, I, need, I need to get an anchor for this um, bookcase. And it, like, it, uh, it took a long time for me to get everything that I, like, that I, I needed. And, oh, boy, now it's just broken. How's how's that? Good, you're back. Anyways, all right. I was at um, Home Home Depot, and probably what should have been a 20 minute trip was an hour and a half because I went to two stores for like, do I need this? Oh, and I went to IKEA to try to find stuff, but they didn't have anything. I, I they didn't have the wall think. anchors. No, it was That's really weird. annoying. I'm like, yeah. well, after all, after all of the buzz about the like um, lawsuits go away, guess what's impossible to find now? <laughs> Did you ask someone? I was trying to, and they weren't there, and then I had to go. It was really annoying. Actually, I did really ask one one person. He pointed me in a, in a certain direction, and what I needed wasn't there. I was super annoyed. 
<laughs> it's so frustrating. I've never used any of those, though. So once again, this, the Swiss not being very direct. <laughs> I should have used uh, – listen, let me tell everyone. If you, get, if you have small kids and you get an Ikea dresser, put the freaking anchor in the wall for the, for the dresser because your little kid, he'll open up the top drawer and then mm-hmm. the second drawer, and then that's enough for it to topple over on him. And it did to one of my kids, but he was old enough that he just squirmed away. But I got something at Home Home Depot that like ties in, and I well, we'll it should be okay. There's no you got him at Home anything. Depot. Oh yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. it was like four hundred oh, pounds. Terrible. It was like yeah. So I know. yeah. So I'm 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 looking forward to this because uh, what a man, so what did, a man, what a man, what a mighty Gomer man. I have gone <laughs> through this stuff. I feel like I should be getting an executive MBA from the School of Jaeger, <laughs> the in, School uh, of Hard Knocks, for the School of Hard Knocks, which is coming for me in order to do this bathroom. But I'm excited about it, man. I've demoed half my bathroom. Okay, half. I've demoed two walls, two tiny walls of the interior of the shower, not even half the bathroom. So the big question okay. is, okay. are we going to rip up our whole floor? My hunch is you say yes and Shannon says no. It's typically the other way around now. So the question is, if we do a little to get the shower we want, because our shower is like a phone booth right now, and then we just get rid of the tub and we move the shower over there. If we do that... Does that mean that we might as well just rip out all the tile and do everything? Or am I being stupid and we just get a functioning shower? Because right now our shower doesn't function. Get a functioning shower and then save over the years and figure out really what we want. What we really, yeah. really want. So, oh, But we're excited. Well, I, we're I'm excited. excited for you. Do I sound bad? You do. You sound distant. Luke, I think we should end the show. I think we should end the show and you need to buy a we new. We should. I'm about to buy a new thing. Ugh. <laughs> A new cable. I think it's just I a know. cable. I I, yeah. I think it is too. I mean, $3. I've had it for like six years now. So yeah, I'm on a different. I'm on a newer cable. So it's time. It's time. Luke, our bags are packed. We have our plane tickets. Send us home. Well, Send everyone, I hope you have a good 2024. I hope you can find some things to be excited about. I hope you find some things you can be grateful for gomer i'm very grateful for you i'm grateful to our audience i'm grateful to everyone at patreon.com slash cf and the discord rebecca i apologize i did not get your gift out to you for the for the santa stuff i got sick it's coming i made you a playlist um i'm gonna gonna send her some of the stuff she was my um, secret uh, santa on the discord so patreon.com slash cf uh i'm not gonna i'm I'm, I'm not gonna tell you guys we have a lot of grand ideas for this we don't but uh we're gonna keep on recording keep doing our thing thank you to joe thank you to the steubenville conferences for for sponsoring good uh go to them they're great they are life-changing the show would not exist without them nor and would yeah. luke yeah the ghost of christmas past showed up at luke's house on christmas eve and was like luke, luke, the steubenville youth conferences is where you were conceived luke! and he was like wait why aren't you here oh you're in cincinnati i've got to go oh i'm so behind <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I keep switching up Dayton and Cincinnati because Cincinnati's a shit city as is all of Ohio. Cincinnati's a wonderful place and Gomer's full of it. It's true. I am full of it. Full of steak because I'm starting carnivore. End of the show! Oh my <laughs> gosh. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs>